You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to welcome uh, a man who played over. Can you just get my little book? Sorry, I've got my assistant here who's, who's, who's passing my little my little book because I like to make notes as we're going along. Um, he played, you know, he made 195 appearances um, for West Ham across six years, scored 18 goals. Um, in my words, the last the last true winger in the truest sense that West Ham ever had. It's Mr. Matty Effrington. He says, there he is. Hey, how you doing, Matt? I'm good, thank you. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you. An absolute yeah. pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. It's really, really nice of you and I appreciate your time doing this, man. Um, we'll have a giggle. We'll have a giggle. Obviously, oh, always. Always. yeah, always, particularly with West Ham. Um, Basically, you know, the, the whole idea of what we do is is to find out more about about your your experience at West Ham. Obviously, you know, I've seen you on on you know Hammers chat and things like that. But it's always great to um, to talk to you firsthand, and hopefully, we we'll have a few questions at the end and stuff like that as well. And, and we've got the prize raffle, everybody. So make sure you donate. We're over nine thousand quid, so let's get to ten thousand by the end of talking to Matty. It'd be lovely. Thank you very much um, for Iron supporting feedback, Matty. Um, obviously. You know, uh, six years at West Ham, you know, almost 200 appearances. Um, how did it all begin? How did the, the track, because obviously you joined in sort of, we just got relegated and then you, you joined us. What what was the story behind that sort of, the transfer? It was a weird one, to be honest with you. Um, a bit of spit, uh, Spurs for, for three and a half years and, and things were working out. So West Ham coming for me, they wanted Freddie Canute. So... Um, it was, it was basically kind of a swap deal with Freddie going the other way and, and a bit of money on top of Freddie, obviously, because he's a, he's a better player than me at that time. So um, once I knew West Ham were involved, it was, it was a no-brainer for me. West Ham were in the championship at the time, just got relegated. And um, I jumped at the chance. See, it was across the roads in, in many respects. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to stay in London. I love London. I was embracing the area and that's how it came about. Yeah. 
I know. That's the thing from Tottenham to Tottenham to to West Ham. It's not yeah, massive. It's strange. Yeah, but it's yeah, not. But, we... Go on, sorry. No, I was about to say it's not like a massive, like geographically massive as well. You know, I live I live in Essex, and so you know it's 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 just as quick to be to get to West Ham as it is to get to Tottenham, and yeah, so. Cool. Uh, at least your family yeah. would stay in the same place. Yeah, when you live in certain areas, I was, I was living in um, Waltham Abbey at the time, and yeah. of course, it, it's there's no distance really, like no um, no difference in the, in the way you go to training, uh, training times, or, or go to the stadium. So it, it worked well for me. Um, and I spoke to Glenn Roder, who was manager at the time. I went to his house and and spoke to him. And um, unfortunately, three or four months later, he he left the club. But um, when I spoke to him at his house, he was brilliant. He was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, it just felt like the right move at the right time. And in the end, it worked out. It, it was the right move. Was you, was you not a little bit like, because obviously we'd just been relegated. And so, you know, it was like, it, obviously you're at Tottenham where he's in Premier League, he's going to the Championship. Were you obviously confident that, you know, West Ham had enough to, to bounce back, basically? Of course I did. And, and yeah. the first day I, I went um, to the stadium to sign, I knew how big the club was, and that is, is genuine. It was, um, you could tell by the drive down Green Street and, and just the drive down surrounding areas. I'd make sure I drove down uh, surrounding areas afterwards. And sure. the club was huge. Yeah. And you could tell that. It's going to the stadium and the Bobby Moore stand, et cetera, the chicken run, as it was used to call. Um, it was just stadium steep in history with unbelievable, unbelievable players that have gone through that football club. And yeah. it just felt like the right move, and and that's that's the reason I made the move. Yeah, and 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 and, and you know, sort of the rest was was history, really. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I think was it? Did you was it four managers you play under at West Ham? Technically, that, I, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. May, it may have been more. So it was, it was um, Glen Rodo, Rodo, Trevor Brookin, Trevor Brookin, yeah, Pardew. Curbishly, Zola, yeah. five, yeah, yeah, yeah one hand. Yeah. I forgot about curves. God bless curves. Yeah. I could do with a couple of curves seasons at the moment. Yeah. Too much squeaky bum time for my liking. Um, but yeah, there five managers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that must have been a lot. But you know, you, you played apart from obviously Zola, where it was towards towards the end, really, before you went to Stoke. Mm. But you were a regular for every manager, really, wasn't it? I was to a certain extent, yeah. Especially in in the first three years, I feel like I played my best football. Yeah. Um, especially in the championship, without a doubt, um, under Rhoda for his first tenure, um, for, for for his first few months, and Trevor Brooking for however long he was in charge, and then Pardew, <clears throat> excuse me, was was brilliant for me, um, and we had some really a good couple of years there. And then Kirby come in, he sees things differently, which is fine. It happens in football; yeah. it's not an issue. Um, and then Zola come in and really warmed to me at the start, which which was which was really good, but. It, you know, the, those first few years at West Ham were were really, really good and really special to me. And I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, those first, obviously, we, I mean, your first season was you won Ham of the Year, wasn't it? Yeah. And I mean, what's that like? You know, to win to like obviously, you know, you've come in, you know, you must have obviously known about the whole West Ham Tottenham thing, um, and and then but to come in and then end up being like voted, you know, the fans' play of the year must be absolutely fucking amazing, to be honest. Yeah, I still say it to this day. It's probably the, one of the biggest achievements I've had in my career. Really? When I looked at those names on that trophy, um, when I received the re- the reward, it was it took me aback a little bit. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, there's some unbelievable players steeped in history involved with the football club that 
that were on that trophy and to get that award was was really really humbling and, and something I'll never forget. To be honest with you, I'll never ever forget. Nah, and I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, to be honest, there's, there's particularly some of your goals. You know, people talk about the Ipswich goal in the in the in the, the first semi final of the first lot of playoffs. Um, you know, I think there's people still talk about that goal. You know, I was I was doing an interview, you know, doing the Hammers Eleven to the, the other day and. And that came up, and you forget about that goal. And I watched it again afterwards. And I don't think I don't forget about that goal. No chance. No, no. It, it, it's one of them where I've said it before on um other hammers channels and, and uh, websites that I'll be honest with you. It's one of them goals where I watch it back time and time again. Yeah, I really do because it gives me probably my top three feelings in my career, the best feelings in my career. Um, the feeling I got from scoring that goal uh, at Upton Park in front of the Bobby Moore um, in that kind of game under the lights early evening and watching it back and seeing the fans react the way they did was just really, really special. I don't think I've... I felt it at the time, but I don't realise now, I didn't realise at the time how big it was and, and how much it meant to me. Not not just the fans, how much it meant to me as well. Yeah. It was one of those days, I mean, people still talk about that game as, you know, in terms of atmosphere. And like, even now, when you're talking to people, oh yeah, it was a good game. Uh, yeah, the crowd were good, but it wasn't good as that Ipswich game. And they still talk about that Ipswich game, mm. even now, about, about that atmosphere. What's it like? Going through the playoffs, being a foot, being a player, going because obviously from a fan it's fucking nerve wracking. But from a football, yeah. you know, it's like knowing what is at stake. It must be absolutely, must be terrifying, <laughs> really. It is, yeah, it is. And we had the owners come into us and and um, come to the training ground that week, and then you realise how big it is. But you got to embrace it. You, yeah. You've got to. Um, get on with it and step up. And that's what I felt like we did. Obviously, we lost in the final against Crystal Palace, but the next year we went up. Yeah. Um, but those games are what make you as a player, make you or break you, so to speak. So um, that night, even though we got beat in the final, yeah. I still won't forget. And obviously, moving forward, we're not the next year, but they are nerve-wracking games, very nerve-wracking games. I wouldn't want to go through them many times as a player because you know what's at stake. Yeah. And you know, it's stake for the football club ultimately, and that, that's what matters more than anything, fans in the football club. And that's what I mean. It's like for you, 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 got, you got to think, you know, obviously, you know, around the football club, you've got the tea lady, you've got Betty the tea lady, you've got oh, you know, Eddie, Eddie the kit mat, you've got all these guys, and you're thinking, yeah. if we don't, you know, if we don't do the first, mm. particularly the second time, the first time, I think it was all new, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I still have nightmares. Of, of that game because I can just see I could just close my eyes and see a wall of yellow shirts jumping singing glad all over we were just talking about it just now with the guys beforehand um I, I, I still refuse to play that if I ever do a if I ever DJ at a wedding and someone asks for that as a request I still don't play glad all yeah. over because it still bites me um but yeah I mean then there's then obviously the relief and obviously your pass your cross with Bobby in the second in the second final um scored the goal yeah, and I know, nice. and, and that was it. Felt like huge redemption, to be honest. Like that, yeah. the relief from that game. I can't tell you how happy we were. Can you imagine if we'd have got beaten that game or not gone, yeah. you know, not gone up? Um, no. 
I dread to think where West Ham would have been because at that time the club was struggling financially. It, yeah. it wasn't a bad place. So um, it was a big game and Bobby done the business. And on the day, I felt like we were the better team. I felt like we were the better team against Bristol Palace, but mm. it's all about goals and they're always tight games. You see, you've seen it this year and under lockdown, they're tight games. Yeah. They're really tight games in, in playoff finals. So that, that's just the way it is. But you've got to really stick with it and, and you know, get on with it really and it, it's very very nerve-wracking yeah i can imagine it's just yeah i think nerve-wracking for you nerve-wracking for the other of course yeah it's probably more nerve-wracking for the fans than it is for us but it's still nerve-wracking oh yeah it's horrible yeah it must be horrible yeah. it's, it's more pressure for you isn't it it's nerve-wracking for us as a fan but for you knowing that you've got 40 odd thousand people there plus every million you know everyone yeah. else back at the club it must be yeah. awful but i mean you know the relief as you said it goes through and you know did you all celebrate in, in Cardiff that night? Was it, or did you have to all No, we back went back to, to London. We went back to yeah. London and celebrated there. Um, but we had a young squad. And I've said this before, that that helped us because when it's the Premier League season after that, and we were young, we were fresh, we yeah. improved, and we did that. Fair, that first season in the Premier League, we were outstanding. With, oh, with the young players, we had unproven players in the Premier League. I had a point to prove. A lot of other as well um and we did that in that first season in the premier league i thought we were outstanding and, and really um took it to teams on the front foot played some good football and scored lots of goals yeah no fear you see no, no fear. fear exactly that yeah that was that was it in a nutshell no fear and you get that don't you for the some teams who go up i've got a feeling it might be with fulham this year where mm. it's a younger side and they're playing with no fear, whereas, mm. you know, an established team, maybe that's, you know, like a West Brom, who's bounced a little bit, they still have the fear of going back down because they've all experienced that recently. So they've got yeah. that. But Fulham have as well, to be fair. Do you know what I think the key is? I think the key is that you stick or you trust that squad that's got you to that. Yeah. And you go with it a little bit and you ride it and you add a little bit of quality. Um, you look at Fulham the year they went up. A couple of years ago, they spent 125 million. Um, it didn't work. It kind of the, the balance of the squad wasn't right, and it set the wrong tone to the rest of the squad that got them into the Premier League. I think what Alan Pardew done well, to be fair to him, he kept that young squad that he had. He had some quality, but we were young, we were hungry, and we wanted to prove ourselves in the Premier League. And I think that's that's a key element to surviving the Premier League moving forward then after that you've got one two years in the premier league three years maybe then you've got to build on that and keep going but those first one two three years it's really key it's similar to obviously sheffield united this season wasn't it it was like yeah and, exactly. and Wolves, yeah obviously Wolves, Wolves yeah. before but yeah sheffield united this year it, it seems you're right the teams that don't spend a crap load of money and have a nucleus of people who have played together for a whole season or a couple of seasons you know working their way up you just had that togetherness as well that bond yeah. and i yeah. mean and I mean, not only did you did we sort of do really well in the league, but obviously FA Cup final. Uh, hello, mm. you know, like that was just the culmination of that season. You know, it's like what what I mean. What, what's it like to walk out and and play? But you know, be involved in an FA Cup final. I mean, well, bearing you, in mind, sorry, go on, sorry, no, go on. You carry on, man. You carry yeah, on. Yeah, bearing, bearing in mind, we've been in the Millennium Stadium for two years. Before. Yeah, yeah which is crazy when you think about it. We could have been at Wembley, but the Millennium Stadium was a yeah. very nice stadium as well. But um, it was a boyhood dream of mine. 
I'll be honest, and it's yeah, very cliche, but it was. I remember yeah. watching the helicopter fly over the team bus on the way to the stadium. I remember all of that as a kid. And I always thought to myself, I want to play in an FA Cup final. And that was my first. And it was surreal. I didn't really take it all in my first cup final, I'll be honest, because I was so nervous. And I got injured three weeks before. Christian Daly done me in training. I got a bad ankle injury. So for those three weeks leading up to the cup final, I was purely focused on getting fit for that cup final. And Alan Pardew said to me, if you're available and you tell me you're okay, you're going to play the game. So that was my sole focus. I couldn't enjoy the build-up with no. the press and getting the suits done and all that. My sole focus every single day was um, making sure I was ready for the final. Yeah. Uh, of course. So I loved, I loved walking out at the Millennium Stadium. It, it was amazing, but I didn't really take it all in. And the first half an hour, as everyone knows, was amazing. We completely dominated the game in many respects and we're 2-0 up. And then that goal just before half-time probably rocked us a little bit. Um, but we we had a team that believed, like I, I went back to earlier, we believed in ourselves. Even though player to player, we weren't as good as Liverpool. The likes of Gerrard and Cissé and Crouch and obviously Carragher, etc. We believed in what we were doing. And that is a key aspect in football. Um that goal just before half time probably rocks a little bit and then Conch obviously gets the cross come shot goal. And um yeah. It is what it is. It is what it's it is. It's still hard to take. Um Yeah. Even, it, even now to be honest. I I yeah. I should have got to talk about it because <laughs> you know, winning an FA Cup would have been or well, is a dream of mine and it didn't yeah. happen. No, it didn't happen. And obviously yeah, it was one of it was it was the weirdest game as a fan ever because you left thinking you'd won because yeah. and then you were good, we, weren't we on the day we were, we were we awesome were really we, well. you know yeah. and and when when you play to such a standard and and you play I mean you're right that first half hour off the park we were we played them off the park they just didn't get out of mm-hmm. the gates and I think the biggest the biggest disappointment for us was thinking about it afterwards was. Obviously, that obviously we played them in in the league, didn't we? And then, you, then obviously Hayden yeah. and, and and Garcia yeah. had a bit of a ruck. Garcia yeah. not playing for Liverpool was yeah, but Hayden was crucial really for our team. You know, it what made it tick. And I think that was a huge. We had to let me jigger. It didn't work as well, but I mean, he was a great player. But you, when you leave when you leave the pitch when you leave the game and you're walking back through Cardiff and. You know, loads of scousers are coming up to you, shaking your hand and saying you should have won that. We we did we you know you were robbed. It's like yeah, yeah, we know we are, but it's nice of you to acknowledge that. But uh, yeah, and we've no, we had, yeah, we were we were totally robbed. But, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't like talking about it that much. Nah. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you, mate. It's yeah. Still yeah, I know. We'll just keep talking about the Ipswich goal because that was really good. Um, <laughs> keep talking about the Ipswich goal because that was brilliant. And um, and everyone and loads of comments of people coming in saying how much they uh, they still you know it was hairs in the back of their neck and everything. It was it was incredible. Now, obviously, you know, and then someone made a made a point on the in the comments, Matty. Could it? Did you play under Kevin Keane as a caretaker manager? 
not as a caretaker. No, because uh, no. Kent, ha- Kent Hammers, who's like my my sort of unofficial fact checker, made a point in the yeah. comment section. He wanted to check, but and I don't think he did. No, I don't believe I did. No, no, be, that would have been uh, sick. That was um, Alan Pardew's assistant. Yeah, uh, alongside uh, Peter Grant. Yeah, and then Curbs um, took over after that. So yeah, yeah. No, no. I, don't, I, I don't believe. No, Kent Hammers, you are wrong. Probably, you are. I might wrong. be wrong, but. No. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're the one he yeah. played, so I don't... Yeah, no, I, I don't believe I did, but... <laughs> it, was, it was nearly 200 appearances, mate. It was, yeah. it's, it's quite a few. Yeah. That's the most you played for any club, wasn't it? Going through, I think. Yeah, it's not yeah. close to Stoke, to be fair. I had yeah. five and a half years at Stoke as well, but yeah, West Ham, the most appearances. Yeah, yeah. and and, and, it, and it's it's clear, I mean, obviously not, not just today, but obviously when we spoke, when I've heard you on other, other shows how much, you know, the club meant to you, how much the fan, how much, you know, you loved your time at West Ham, obviously playing and stuff. And Without a doubt. Um, yeah. I've, said, I've said it a lot. I've been retired now nearly, God, nearly six years, six years in October. Yeah. Um, I just fell in love with the club, everything yeah. that it represents. Um, and it helped me out, definitely. Because yeah. at that time when I... I left Spurs. Um, I was trying to find my way in the game, even though I was a decent enough player. But it gave me my grounding, it gave me my home, and just the people in and around the training grounds, the fans, um, the way they are, how honest they are. Because I'm, I'm the same. I'll be honest with you, mate. I'm an honest person, and I'll if, if I don't agree with something or um, I've got something to say, I'll say it. And that's exactly the West Ham. Um, the way the West Ham fans are, and I, I can relate to that, and I, I like that. Um, but they're ridiculously loyal, and yeah. again, that's me in a nutshell, and that's why I love West Ham. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think as a winger, particularly, you know, and also as a full as as fullbacks as well, you have a special bond with the chicken run, and and yeah. uh, just because you're closer to the, than anyone else. So, um, yeah. and I think that's and I said when, when I'm. Okay, introduce you. I think you know the your position that what what that you know when you could just literally knock it past the fullback, beat the man, and, and cross it in or, or bring it in yourself. That's a sort of a lost start, I think, in the game now. I think everything's. I really think that old wing play is is a bit old. You know, it's, it's all about cutting inside, and and I don't like that. Now. It is, mate. It is. It's a dying breed. Um, and I'm coaching now. I've been coaching my third season, Brilliant. and there's not that many players that do that anymore no. but that's just the way the game's going and yeah. then i think as a coach or as a fan you've got to adapt to that yeah. I, I was a dying breed 100 that was my game I'd, I'd work for my team defensively and help my fullback out um but also i'd like to try and get on the outside of my fullback and try and beat him or go inside when it happens or get movement off him or whatever yeah. And um, give them a problem, but nowadays it's it's a lot lot more tactical. I think that's the way the game's gone. Yeah, it is. But it, it can be such a simple game, you know. It's like if you had like, yeah, you is, know, yeah. yeah. And I just think I don't know. I'm just. I, I've I'm, always I'm, said I'm, it, mate. I've always said it. Simplicity yeah. is genius. Yeah, and it is. Um, but my kind of player and out and out wingers are definitely a dying breed. Um, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, who knows? Only time will tell. Speaking of players, speaking of players, let's do your hammers eleven. So you know every so everyone we've had. It is really hard, but yeah. everyone we've had on the team, uh, everyone had on the channel, we've had a hundred and sixty odd guests in. 
we've been around for like four months, so it's got a bit mental. Um, and everyone we've had has picked in Devon, bar Mr. Redknapp, Mr. H. Redknapp, and Ian Bishop. Um, they didn't pick an 11, but everyone else has. And so okay. with, with the players, we like to pick an 11 of, of the best players you played with okay. during your time at West Ham. So, you know, you had six years so you had a lot of ins and outs as well and a lot of young players and and old veterans it'd be quite interesting to to go through it um uh and oh okay kent hammers admits he might be wrong about about kevin keen kevin keen apparently sorry uh, it was kevin it was caretaker at west brom away from memory serves we lost three two to like i think it was before franco took over but i'm probably wrong okay maybe he's right Maybe he's right. Maybe oh, don't yeah. make him. No, right. no, he, he beat... might be right. He might be right for that one game. He beat. He beat. I can't me remember that. Sorry. He beat me at a West Ham quiz the other day, and I was gutted. Um, but he is like Mister, you know, Mister yeah. West Ham. Well, he's he's probably right then, mate. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But it was a, if it was one game, it's like you beat two hundred. <laughs> Not being funny, it's like you know, zero point five percent of your. Yeah. West... I've done the maths. Zero point five percent of your West Ham career. Um, right. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky doing your eleven, but it's it's all a laugh, and um, and you know. It, and you can you can say noticeable mentions if there's people you thought. Oh, oh I've got noticeable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, let, All right, let's let's start off in goal then, Matthew. We've got in goal for you. Okay. Um. So I've gone for Rob Green. Green out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just a very very steady Eddie. A strange bloke. Don't get me wrong. So I've heard. Yeah. Very different, but. Obviously got his England caps and, and play for England, but um, would very, very, very rarely make a mistake. And I think that's what you want from the goalkeepers, is, is not to make mistakes. Obviously, we had Shaka, Jimmy Walker, who for six months was very, very good. Fantastic mm. and a brilliant bloke as well, by the way. Um, and Roy Carroll. But for me, an overall keeper, you go on mistakes and... Etc. and longevity, Rob Green would be the one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, by all accounts, uh, an interesting character, very different. Yeah, um, that's very likely. Yeah, yeah, very different. But uh, although I love his haircut, his lockdown haircut, he looks yeah. like sort of Seamus from WWE. A nice bloke brilliant. at the same time. He's different, but he's a nice bloke. He's yeah. a nice bloke. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, we're going to play a four-four-two, or no? We're going four-three-three. We're going one in one and two in midfield. So it's holder and, and two in front, Ooh. and then the three up front. You can tell you're a coach yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's go left. Let's go. Uh, let's go left back then. Left back. There's it, only one. Only one person for me is Paul Kincheski. Yeah. Um, I had my best time with him as a player. Um, we without even really talking about it beforehand or after obviously work on it in training but we knew what each other wanted from our games and and conch was um a, a very good very good fullback oh for me we spoke about earlier and the way i played i want to go out, outside of people and take them on and be positive um for me when i had fullbacks and they were trying to overlap me and congest me in 2v2 it used to drive me mad thinking leave me alone let me leave him not be one and I'll do yeah. my stuff. And Conch wouldn't do that. He'd know the right time to do it and the right time to not. So that's why Conch is um, left back. Yeah. And obviously that's so, that's sort of, you know, your, your partner in crime. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. critical, isn't it, for your success? Yeah, um, it really is. All right. Let's go. Let's go right back then. Let's go to the other side. Who've got the other side, Matty? On Lucas Neal. Oh, Lucas Neal. Yeah. Good player. 
very good player and an even better captain. Mm, uh, yeah. That season we stayed up under Alice Adam Kirbishley. He was the key for me. Mm. Um, knew how to manage people, knew how to manage personalities and a very good player at the same time. He was the right person at that right time to obviously alongside Curbs and that you got to give them credit, but Lucas was integral to that. He really was. I can't emphasize that enough. And a very good footballer and a good bloke. So Lucas Neil for me at right back. Yeah, no, we've had other other players of, of your your era and, and they've and they've yeah. spoken like Anton and they've they've spoken about him as a yeah. as a man. And to be honest, stuff that you know, and that's what I love about this this type of show is yeah, like little stories and Anton tells the story of when when Lucas called a, a team meeting and yeah. basically shut Curbs and Mervyn Day out. We and, all, uh, went out for lunch and just yeah. had a, a chat with each other. You know, yeah. obviously those, these things happen um, still now, but just at the right time, the right place, he pull individuals at the right time in the right place. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to them. Um, he just had, he was a natural leader, natural leader of that. Brilliant. Okay, Lucas Neal's in. Centre-backs. Who's your first centre-back then? Danny Gabadon. Oh, Gabs. Yeah. Good old Gabs. Have you been, um, watch- have you been watching his uh, his Instagram? Uh, he's been doing his his, uh, his DJ sets from his, his loft. Yes, I have, yeah. Gabs. <laughs> Obviously, through Ginge, um, James Collins, I still yeah. see Gabs now and again. And um, when he first joined... Obviously, he had his injury problems with his back like I did, but Gabs was a, a Rolls-Royce of a centre-half. Um, I just wish he'd had more longevity in, in his mm. career. But yeah. at that time, at West Ham, I thought he was outstanding. I really did. Well, he read the game brilliantly. He was quick. He was strong in the air. He could read things. He could he could bounce in front and nick things off, off, um, off attackers. Uh, a very, very good player. So, definitely be my centre half. Sure. And who's he going to partner then? So, this is where I had a little bit of um, conflict because obviously James Collins is one of my best mates and yeah. still speaking to him all the time. And I'm, I'm seeing him tomorrow, so he'll probably get the ump. But <laughs> I had to go purely because of their relationship, Danny Gabaton and Anton Ferdinand together. Yeah. Uh, I thought at that time, obviously, it was a, probably an 18 month, two year period. They complemented each other brilliantly. Mm. So, therefore, that, that's why I'm going with them too. And Anton, had a, he had a lot of ability, Anton. Again, the Gabs, they, they were very similar in the way they played. Mm. Um, very good aerially. Anton could play on the floor and, and he was quick enough and he was strong enough. So, that, that little duel that they had at that time was brilliant for West Ham. They did, yeah. And it was always, I mean, you know, in that period, it always seemed that it was Anton plus Gabs or or Ginge, wasn't it, yeah. really? Yeah. And... Um, Obviously, Jins came back and, and was, a, yeah, was Ging, incredible. Oh, didn't he, as a player? But I yeah. think at that time during my career, those two were probably the best. Oh, I mean, best. I mean, you know, in hindsight, the best thing Jins did was go to Villa because he seemed yeah. to be under Richard Dunn. He came back and he came yeah. back as a as what I call a West Ham player. He had a skinhead, yeah. he had a beard, and he just would. He was just like he was a different player, you know. And um, yeah. he was, yeah. And uh, oh well. He won't be too happy. I won't. It's no, right, right. I'll get a text I, I, I won't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I won't mention it to him. But he can come on and, and not put you in his team, so that's fine. Exactly. But he won't do, though. He won't put me in. No, no chance. No chance. No, but no, it's all no. good. Yeah, yeah we're all good. friends. You, you no, playing golf tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? 
No, I'm working tomorrow. We play golf on Wednesday, so yeah, it'll, it'll remind me then. That's the one thing I've noticed more. You know, I, I always thought that golf, you know, footballers play golf, yeah, whatever. But you all fucking do. It's like it's, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's a release. That's all yeah. I can say. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Right. Okay. Let's go into let's go into uh, midfield then. Let's go with left left midfield. Who are we going to put in left midfield, Matthew Ifferton? So left and three in midfield. Yes. You have, yeah. Yeah. You have three. Okay. Yeah. I thought you'd have gone with the holder first, but okay. okay go, we'll go on. Go, go holder. Go on. You're the coach. Holder, holder. We'll go for the holder. Yeah. Right. It's a no-brainer. It's Michael Carrick. Yeah. Um. Still to this day, even though. I was privileged enough to play for him for six months, I think it was. He yeah. left in January when I joined, and I roomed with him for those six months. Um, still one of the best footballers ever played football. He mm. just, Dick, so underrated for me. Still in this country, and such an underrated footballer. And I'll, I'll go back to it earlier, simplicity is genius. He did the right things at the right time. He never lost mm. the ball. If he was to play forward, he'd play forward. If he'd keep the ball for his team, he'd keep the ball for his team. Um, and just a, such a gifted player. Yeah. Such a brilliant football brain. Um, and obviously then he went on to Spurs, but it was a privilege to play with him for those six months. It really was. He always just seemed to have time. Do you know and what I mean? It's like, himself. yeah, exactly. Good play. I mean, you know, the best, people in the best players do. The best players yeah. Do. I mean, people yeah. in sort of the the sort of the, the the more experienced fans, I call them, not 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 the old farts, but the experienced fans. They obviously had Trevor Brookin, and and he famously wasn't very quick, but always had time on the ball. And character seemed to be the same. He just and everywhere, every team he's left. So when he left West Ham, we never really replaced him. When he went to Tottenham, then and Tottenham yeah. went to Man, Man United, they never replaced him. And then <laughs> Man United never replaced him. He's you know he's yeah. always played. Yeah, in a nutshell, to be honest, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, and obviously, he's very decorated. He's won a huge amount of trophies. But I still don't think he's appreciated as much as he should be. Absolutely footballer. Very, very good footballer. I think I'm he goals and he doesn't, you know, keep yeah. matching. But the way he ticks teams over, the way he um, builds play is just exceptional. really is. I think also, I just think it's one of those things where he came along at the same time, particularly at West Ham, where we had the golden generation, you know, and it's like, and he's always, and everyone talks about Frank and Joe and, and Rio yeah. and, and then it's, then it's Carrick's always like the fourth and it's just, and it's the same as like, even in the sixties, it was more Hearst and, yeah, Peters, and Peters. Yeah, true, yeah. And, um, and it's a shame because I just think if he, if he came two years earlier or two years later, he would be, you know, in the when you talk about Joe Cole and, and Rio and Glenn John, they, he should be spoke about in, in the same oh, ilk. Totally. 100%. Totally. You know, look at the trophies he's won. Look at, you know, what he's done in his career. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, fine. Right. Okay. So, uh, Carrick is in. Who is next? He's holding, yeah. The, the yeah. two in front. This was hard. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I've gone... For me, it's a no-brainer. Just off the left of him is Mark Noble. Um, yeah. Noble was just coming through um, as I was probably a couple of years at West Ham, but he was uh, in starting and, and playing regularly in the first team. But we've seen him coming through um, training because he was standout as an under-18, etc. Um, and just his character and what he's done for the football club in general mm -hmm. and his longevity and how unique he is as in a player. 
um, and staying at one club, for me, he has to be in there. And and again, I wouldn't say to the extent of Michael Carrick, but still an underrated footballer. I, I still hear on West Ham channels and West Ham fanzines that um, he's passed it. And I look at his performances in lockdown, everyone's got their opinions and that's fine. But yeah. my opinion is that when he contributes well, when he contributes what he can contribute, he's still a huge asset to the football club. Yes, his time, obviously, he, he, he's getting older now and he's not going to be there forever. But he's still a huge part of the football club. And um, that's why I've put him in the team. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, he's he's one of these players. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I'm one of the 500, 300 or whatever to get to the games at the moment. And um, mm. And watching him... And I just, and it's a shame. I should have, I'd love to have recorded him or something like that. But that Chelsea game, when obviously we beat Chelsea 3 2, and he wasn't playing. He was in the, he was yeah. sitting in the, he was sitting in the uh, disabled area where it's already socially distanced already, the seats. Um, and he kicked, he was watching the game like a fan. And he just thought, yeah, he is a fan. And, you know, when that, and as soon as that final whistle, I mean, he jumped over the barrier. He could have really fucked up his ankle, to be honest, but he did because he just wanted to get in the dressing room. And he it cares. was so, yeah, and he cares. Yeah. And yeah. it means such a lot to people when, when they feel, I mean, you know, I mean, you've played for West Ham, you know, yeah. you know that how the fans, you know, they, they respect effort and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. oh, no, I'm a massive fan of Nobes. Right. Okay. Nobes is in. Nobes so is in. just, just off the right of Michael Carrick. So you've got Nobes off the left, just off the right. It, this was hard because. Scotty Parker in the year and a half I was there was absolutely outstanding. Um, and see what he'd done for the football club in, in keeping him up that season was, yeah. you know, very, very inspiring, but just the longevity and, and how I, Yossi, Yossi Benyon has to be oh, the one that's right for me. Absolutely great. brilliant footballer, technically outstanding. And very good person first. For, uh, sorry, first and foremost. Mm. Um, so, him for me would be the one. But Scotty Parker, I feel bad leaving him out because he done a lot for West Ham and, and his performances. But Yossi was he was a special player. Yeah. Brilliant player. Well, I'm glad it was. Yes, Scott. Scott could. Scott could be the manager. You know, he's done a good yeah, job. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can get him still all in eventually. He's still yeah. young. No, yeah. I think I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy for him at Fulham because I just think he just seems to he's be. He's done brilliantly. Yeah, it's like all of us we're, we're trying to make a, a name for ourselves in the game. And he, and he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's took a big punt, Scotty. To be fair to him, going straight to Fulham. Obviously, he'd done a little bit with Spurs at the under eighteen level, and I thought his interview after the playoff final, yeah, um, was absolutely outstanding. It's, it's pure yeah. emotion, and I think as a fan, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear what he's been through, and you can tell what he's been through in in that past year in the season. Obviously, lockdown and then going back into it afterwards. Um, and good luck to him. Good luck to him. Yeah, because I think too often. I mean, you obviously you do a lot of media work and stuff, obviously as well. But too often, you know, I think when when managers do the whole after after game, you know, it's all very sterile and yeah, and it's, it's always so the. And, but it was just in, we don't you very rarely get emotion like that. I think that's why everyone enjoyed it, and that's why he became you know. You know, exactly. people, people put it to the streets, didn't they? The, the, they did a yeah. meme of it, and that's brilliant. And it was just right. And yeah. I just think this, I'm just really it's happy. What he felt. Just, it's yeah. what he felt at that time, and I think that's the way you've got to be. I mm -hmm. think you've got to, obviously within reason, um, 
and say it, say the right things, like with the right language when you when you're on air. But you, yeah. you've you've got to say what you feel at that time, and I think that gets you a long way. Yeah, particularly he said whatever the world's happening at the moment, it's you know he he's had to live that and he's had to carry on doing that and then oh, go yeah. back and you know fair play. It for affects him. his family, you know, people to see Scott Parker Fulham manager. Yeah, but he's also got to think about Scott Parker the man, Scott Parker the father. Sort of mm. part of the husband and, and everything else. So I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant interview. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yoshi's in. God bless him. Big fan. Yes. Right. He is. Okay. Front three. So, the three up front. Um, yeah. It's not a bad front three, to be fair. Although I probably wouldn't pick them in, in the actual positions, but I've gone for Defoe, Ashton, and Tevez. Oh. Right. Let's so, talk about. Let's talk about Defoe first, then. Well, Defoe again um, was no. Sorry, I was talking about Mark Carrick earlier. Yeah, Carrick didn't leave in, in January, did he? Defoe left in January, and Carrick yeah, left Car- the following January. Carrick left after the after yeah. the Palace game. He did. You're right. Yeah, sorry, but it doesn't matter. So yeah, Defoe left in January, but yeah. again, talking about Michael Carrick, similar thing to Jermaine Defoe. Um, I've still not met a better finisher. Really. When I was a player, it just yeah. ridiculous off both feet, the sharpness of it, um, just his drawback of his, of his right or left foot. It was instant, um, a, just an unbelievable finisher and so sharp in and around the box. This movement over one, two, three, four yards, um, explosiveness it was just exceptional. And yeah, you could tell obviously winning the championship at the time, he was he was too good for us at that time. But and he's gone on to prove that. To be fair to him, and a good lad. To be fair, he was he was a very very good lad. He just wanted to better himself, and yeah. and you can't grumble with that. No. But a very very good player in training, he was exceptional, really mm. good. Yeah, and I mean when you're when you're obviously a more of a an experienced player player, and 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 obviously you know it was when you had yeah obviously you had a lot of young players come through. You know when you're watching in training, can you go yeah he's a, he's going to be good or he's you know can you. Do you get a feeling of whether a player is going to going to make it? You know, particularly obviously, you probably like a lot of the youth team players training with you as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, it's hard. You always get a sense of players that are going to do. They they can surprise you as well. Yeah. It's all down to application at the end of the day. And I think you go through all these players here, especially the best ones. And I look mm. at Michael Carrick, I look at Mark Noble, I look at the foe. Um, their application every single day was spot on. Sure. And first and foremost, that's the thing you've got to have. It's the desire to get better every single day, no matter what walk of life you're in. Mm. Um, and that's the thing they had, especially Defoe. Defoe was just relentless in everything he did. He's finishing, he'd stay out longer, and he'd do it on his own into an empty goal and put mini goals in the, in, like inside the posts and just make sure he's hitting those mini goals. He was just a, a relentless finisher that's going to be the best he could be. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Defoe's in. Um, Ashton. Yeah. Then let's talk about let's talk about Dino. Yeah, Dino. Obviously, curtailed his you know his, his career was curtailed very early, which was all well, for him early, which was yeah. a shame. But in those, well, how long was it? Eighteen months, two years, Would have been and even his time with Norwich and crew, what he produced, especially at West Ham, especially when he first joined. He was a complete centre forward. Let's be honest. He, yeah, he was. He, he, he could hold the ball up. He could link play. He could score any type of goal across going into the box, and he could run in behind as well. And he had a turn of pace. 
Mm. Um, there's not many like that anymore, and no. not many like that at that time either. Um, and that ankle injury really, really hampered him, and, and eventually, obviously, um, he had to re retire. But there's not many you can say that about. Obviously, most strikers have got their, you know, Defoe or Teddy or whoever have got their strengths that they play to. But for me, Dino, he could do most things, not everything. He was a complete centre forward. Yeah, he was. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, in that sort of FA Cup final, you know, he's, he scored and and, yeah. uh, and obviously the semi final. And as well, before the yeah. FA Cup final. The semi final. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the semi final, yeah, exactly. Marlon got the goal, but Dino was instrumental. Yeah. Um, just a brilliant footballer. Yeah, he was. He was, and you're right. He was. He was the, the complete forward. He was. You know, I was. I remember when he signed for from Norwich, and I think it's about seven million something like that, which was sort of fair whack. Um, I was just so excited, and I remember him coming onto the pitch. It was like an it was like an evening game. He came on, and I was like, oh my god! I, I thought that was it. I thought it was him. It was going to be it. You know, because yeah. he was like the final piece. We'd always not had a striker since you know Cotty and McAvenny and or Hartson really, but it was like I thought he was going to be it, but. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, injuries. Um, right, and then our last, our last piece, uh, position, Carlitos Tevez. Carlitos Tevez. Um, do you know what? I, I didn't even me uh, mention Mascarano in that midfield either, even though he didn't play the game. To West Ham. He no. was an absolute joke in training. How was he get him to West Ham? I do, I do not know, but that's, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um, Carlos... For those last three or four months when we stayed up and obviously that ultimate game um, at Old Trafford where he scored the winner was an exceptional talent. Mm. And I've heard other people talk about him since then. He went to Man City, Man United, etc. where he was a brilliant trainer, exceptional trainer, etc. When he first went to West Ham, he wasn't. This is what I saw. Um, he struggled to adapt. And I think that's why it took him a little bit of time to get to where he got to eventually. Um, but pure ability-wise, like Mascarano, he was exceptional. And he'd do little things in training. He wouldn't do it often enough, and he'd train poorly, but he'd still do it. And um, those three months where we ended up staying up, he, you know, alongside others, like Bobby Zamora, etc., and other players, yeah, of course. he was exceptional. He was. I mean... What I mean, you know, we we touched on it very, very touched it very, very briefly. What was it like as a player turning up at Chad Reef and you've got these two Argentinian internationals in your team? What, what? strange, yeah, very strange. I remember seeing on Sky Sports News, and I, I can see parts with them outside the the tunnel at the bowling, you know, yeah, shirts and all that, and we're thinking, what's going on here? Obviously, they were still well known and um, Argentinian internationals, and it it was a strange feeling, but. You've got to embrace it as a player, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, Carlos Mascarano embraced it straight away, wanted to learn the language. Carlos was a little bit more timid and um, wasn't too sure. And yeah. had an interpreter with him all the way and um, in training, uh, in the changing rooms, at the canteen, and match days, etc. Um, but he did what he did. And that's why, you know, West Ham will always think of him, you know, really, really... Um, funnily, 
Yeah, no, exactly. No, and he, and he is. He's, yeah, he just said, and I'm surprised you didn't put yourself in, Matty. I'll be honest. I oh, know, of course not. How can I put myself in with those well, players? There? I'm, I'm not being chance. funny. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. Two hundred, you know, you had 195. You could have got your appearances up to 196. You know, you could have, you could have <laughs> oh, got them I'd in. Never, but uh... <laughs> I'd never do that, man. <laughs> uh, Matty, man, it's been absolutely lovely. I really, really appreciate your time, and obviously, you know. Spending, you know, spending an hour or so with us chatting about West Ham, it's, it's absolutely brilliant, man. So thank That's you very pleasure, much. Absolutely pleasure, no problem. Thank you, thank you so much, um, Matty. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Thank you so much, man. Take care, and um, we'll, we'll see you again very, very soon. Good, see you at Take London care. Stadium. Take Best. care. Cheers, Good, Matty. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.